So welcome to our first video podcast. Neck pain uncovered is the topic for today, as requested by so many of you. So for those of you who don't know um, who we are, my name's John. I'm a clinical director um, down at Eighth Element, the Sports Injury Performance Hub, and we are based in the Medway Towns. And Liam, do you want to tell us a quick bit about you? Yeah, so I'm Liam Swain. Um, I'm a clinical specialist physiotherapist uh, running a clinic called LRS Physiotherapy in Waterslade, which is also in Medway. Awesome. Now, if you want to know a little bit more about both of us and our backgrounds, then why not pop on over and have a little listen to our About Us intro podcast. Um, we go into a little bit more detail about our backgrounds, qualifications and interests. Um, so getting into it, neck pain uncovered. We appreciate that everyone who is listening may be coming from a completely different background. That is if anyone is, in, is listening. Um, and we aim to keep things um, at a level where everyone can understand and hopefully implement suggestions and changes that we can discuss. So if you've got any questions um, or want to comment on anything we're talking about, just, just message us below and that'd be perfect. So Liam, I think you agree. The first thing I think it's important for us to sort of go through is a bit of an anatomy pit stop. Um, we feel that in order for you as a listener to understand, um, having, having a baseline of understanding what structures are there that may be causing your pain is really, really relevant. And we do this a lot in clinic with regards to make sure we educate every individual in front of us. So as a very brief chat about our neck, and the anatomy, um, essentially the vertebra. Um, the vertebra in our neck are made up of seven segments and that's essentially called the uh, cervical. And, and you may have heard it referenced as uh, C1 to C7, and that's just each individual segment. Now, in between each individual, well, go, running through each individual segment as a whole, through the whole spinal column, we have our nerves. So we have that spinal column running through the spine, um, and at each level of that vertebra, we have branches that come out and supply different sections of our body with any sensory and movement signals. And that, that gives us our, well, exactly what I just said, our sensory and, and movement responses. Um, between each vertebra, we have something called an intervertebral disc. Um, now, these essentially are formed by a very strong woven fiber that attaches to the underside of uh, the disc above and the top layer of disc below. Um, and essentially, it's filled with a gel-like substance that acts um, and assists with forms of shock absorption and a, sp a spring, a compression of spring. Um, and it, essentially, this disc prevents um, the cartilage and bone rubbing against each other. Uh, now, over time, it can become a little bit more brittle, and the body stops rehydrating the gel-like substance in, in the disc. Um, which puts us at a little bit more of a increased risk of injury. And, and that's why in some, some sort of um, cases when, when we get older, we, we may shrink a little bit um, because the disc dehydrates. Um, doesn't mean that if you're young, you're bulletproof, uh, because essentially if you have an injury or an impact, or if you load the spine um, of this through um, a movement where it cannot absorb or deal with that load that you put through it, it will injure itself also. Um, so the discs are, discs are crucially important. Now, the ligaments, ligaments essentially um, attach bone to bone and they allow us um, our perception of movement. So they're, they, they're essentially our balance. They create feedback to and from the brain constantly allowing spatial awareness of where every joint 
and every bone is essentially within the body. So we do need to train these, um, whether you're injured or not. Um, but if you are injured, part of your rehabilitation should always be proprioceptive training. So balance training, improving the strength and the feedback and the ability of your ligaments to hold that structural bone connection in place. And obviously, lastly, we have the muscles, allowing us to articulate and move and perform actions. Um, and essentially, the synergy of muscle activation is crucial um, in performing optimal movement and reducing imbalances and dysfunctions, um, which kind of leads us smoothly on to the next topic. Um, and essentially, that's covering common causes of neck pain, because um, Liam, I think you agree that in this instance, a lot of non-symptomatic sort of problems come from the musculature and our posture and the imbalances and dysfunctions of, of those muscle groups. Um, so could you maybe start off with sort of running through a couple of common causes that we know that our clients have asked us to cover and that we see through clinic? Yeah, definitely. I mean, <clears throat> thinking about that, the anatomy there, we often hear about, about discs and discs get a, a bad press, really. We hear about slip discs and bulging discs and all of those sorts of things. But a lot of the time, the discs are actually the good guy. And they're just kind of under that pressure constantly because of the other things that are going on. And um, John, as you mentioned about the muscles and, and the muscles around the neck are really prone to getting tight. So key areas in particularly that we can become tight is through our upper trapezius muscle, the muscle that connects the sort of base of your neck out towards your shoulder. That can become very tight and very sore. And if you are suffering from a stiff and sore neck, you might give that a prod and find that that feels really, really tender. Um, you might have had treatment on it before in terms of massage and those sorts of things. Now, as with anything, we tend to look, or at least therapists should explore why something is tight. So muscles don't just get tight overnight, they build up over time and there's reasons for that. Around the neck, a real common cause is what we call the upper cross syndrome. And that is where our upper trapezius muscle and our chest muscles get tight. So they form one half of the cross. And then the reverse of that is that the deeper neck flexor muscles, which run up towards the vertebra and help stabilize the head, they become weak. And the middle part of your scapular muscles, so in between your shoulder blades that hold us upright, they become weak as well. Now those two things combine contribute to postural problems. So we tend to stoop forward, our shoulders roll and our chin comes out in front. So how do we sort of address that? Well, there's four key areas that I've mentioned that we can tackle each one of them in turn. So stretching out trapezius muscle, you may well have tried that yourself with simple things like tilting your head to the side and feeling a stretch and holding, but sometimes that isn't enough. So we need to look at the flip side of that and strengthen some of the deeper neck flexors. And I think, John, you'll probably agree, this is probably where both of us spend a lot of our time with our neck pain patients, coaching and encouraging them to carry out these strengthening exercises. Yeah, absolutely. The exercises are really quite, quite simple to start with, but it's a movement that we seem to have lost. And it's literally just kind of drawing your chin back in and up. And that way you're just creating an elongating that spine. Um, what we will do is we'll put some exercises out on our social media um, so that you guys can have a little look and see. But if essentially, imagine giving yourself a double chin is how I would describe it to people. And that helps to strengthen and stabilize um, the back of the neck. Always a nice one to do in public, this one. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Especially during lockdown and maybe too many trips to the biscuit barrel. <laughs> <clears throat> I think the other thing to mention as well is our chest muscles. Now, 
when I start talking about the pecs, people seem to think I've gone mad because they've come in to see me with neck pain. But these are a huge contributor to our posture. And if these muscles get tight, they pull our shoulders forward, which makes us hunch, which again just builds up that pressure around the base of the neck and can lead to those tension sort of headaches. Again, we can stretch and strengthen, uh, we can stretch those out, uh, which helps to elongate and bring our shoulders back. But then on the flip side, what we then need to do is to strengthen the other side. So those mid-back muscles, your, your rhomboids, your lats, um, your middle trapezius. And again, there'd be some exercises that we can put out there. I think these are the ones um, that a lot of people miss, especially when they're training. Yeah. Is these sort of lower lat muscles and the deeper sort of shoulder blade muscles. Um, that actually really help control the position of the shoulder blade that, that again offsets this whole rounded shoulder and allows optimal movement and, and reduces the stress through the neck. And it's really important that when you are training that you take each of these four segments and you put them together because that essentially improves your posture. And if you can train with a better posture, you're going to be in, in a far better position, whether that's strength training, whether that's, that's running or any sort of exercise that you do, the better the position is, the engagement of the shoulder blades, the head nice and tall, everything's going to function that little bit better. And hopefully as well, performance should improve as well as, you know, reducing down the pain in the area. Mm. Um, I think jumping in on that, Liam, I think it's a nice little thing to sort of challenge people to do at this point is first off, stand back against the wall so your heels and hips are against the wall ladies if you've got a bun in your hair or ponytail just take that out and just stand there so your shoulders hips and heels are against the wall and think naturally where does your head sit is the back of your head touching the wall without you sort of looking up towards the ceiling or is your chin jutting away from the wall in which case keeping your chin at one level creating the double chin just mobilize the area of drawing the chin into your chest so the back of your head is nice and long and it touches the wall now in that position, practice that if it's not natural. You might find it almost stretches. If you hold that head against the wall, it might stretch the back of your neck because your body isn't used to being in this position, which is nice and that's okay. Um, but I would, I would actually say, hold, hold this position for a few seconds and think about implementing that in your daily life. So whether you're in the car now, think about positioning your headrest correctly. So you're really trying to elongate and lengthen your spine, reduce the curve in the lower back, create that double chin. So you're driving in a position where your neck is in a, is set correctly. If you're brushing your teeth in the morning, if you are training out at home or when we finally get back in the gym, every repetition and every movement you do become a little bit more, more conscious and body aware of your, of your head position create a little bit of activation within your deep neck flexors by holding that head into that set state and see how you get on without obviously we, what we don't want is to the towards the front of your neck uh, and to the side of your neck it start burning and really you feel like you're creating this huge contraction through the front of your neck because that shows actually you're not activating the deep neck flexors you're using a lot of other muscles to do the action because deep neck flexors are weak um, would you agree that happens quite a lot then? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and you see that with people when you first ask them to do that sort of movement, everything tenses up around the area because we're not used to engaging that. A big thing that um, I will most certainly look at with people is how they breathe when they're exercising. So when someone's doing this sort of movement, we do not want them holding their breath, clenching, anything like that, nice relaxed movements. And that's key for any sort of neck pain, in my opinion the more relaxed we can be when we move and we stretch, the far better um, someone's pain will be. 
Um, I think one of the key muscle groups we've sort of mentioned a fair amount already is the upper trapezius, um, which I would probably say people that come in to see me, they complain of pain over that area, probably at least 70 or 80% of people with neck pain. So John, is there anything particular that you, that you use to help relax those muscles or treat those muscles at all? Um, from a clinical perspective, um, we always initially look to understand the source of the problem. So like we've just sort of gone into a little bit of detail on, is understand why they're feeling that pressure and tension in the upper back. So if we denote that actually there's weaknesses in balance going on with posture, we look to educate and correct that. But obviously what, what people really struggle to do is if, if there is, let's say, like you've just asked, sorry, the traps, they're super tight and you are wanting to correct other body positions and, and structural um, positions, a lot of the time you're not going to be able to ask a muscle group to strengthen that is in its current state holding on to dear life and is loaded to its maximum capacity. So there is an element of we need to release that particular muscle in order to create this window of opportunity to then implement the rehabilitation. That might be the strengthening or, or the, um, the body positioning. So with respect to that, then yeah, we'd look to potentially sports massage. So ma uh, in, within the realms of manual therapy, um, manipulations, mobilizations through the neck. Sometimes, sometimes you don't have to be that aggressive and you can do small mobilizations to allow part of the, the seven segments in the back or maybe a bit lower if you feel like it's referring from there to move properly and enable movement and enable um, low capacity. Um, other times we have to release trigger points that essentially are sore overactive spots in muscles where nerve pathways come out and, and inhibit. Maybe we need to try and calm the central nervous system down a little bit to allow that muscle to relax. So that may be through, again, various forms of um, soft tissue work or acupuncture. Um, so there's, there's quite a broad spectrum of treatment modalities depending on what that client or patient or friend family member presents with because every individual is different everyone has um, different biomechanics different strengths um, different sort of work and social expectations and setups so there's no right or wrong way for each there's not not like a tick list that you have to go through it's all about um, biomechanical feedback in the individual in front of you um, anything different yeah, definitely. I mean, I think in terms of the um, the physical side of treatment, um, very similar to yourself, really, some kind of specific mobilizations around the sort of spine, wherever wherever that may be, um, throughout the sort of neck, um, soft tissue release. I, I do like using acupuncture around the neck. I, I seem to get very good results with that, um, particularly if somebody's getting those sort of tension type headaches. I think it's mm -hmm. a nice stimulus to introduce. Um, I think one of the other ways that that people can try and um, lengthen those tight muscles, those, those trapezius muscles when they do get, get tight. It's something that's overlooked a little bit and it's kind of a, a, what we call an eccentric contraction. Now, what that is, is it's as you slowly lengthen a muscle. So think of carrying a shopping bag from your car to your front door and you've loaded them all in your arm because you only want to do one trip. When you slowly lower those bags down, it's that movement of bringing it towards the floor and the muscle fibers are being slowly pulled apart. Now, if you do that with some weight in your hand, so like those shopping bags, that will help to lengthen the muscles. This sort of research was originally done on the hamstrings, but is easy to, to kind of replicate around the neck area. So I ask a lot of my clients who do have tension um, and tightness building up around the, the trapezius muscles, hold on to something with a little bit of weight. Um, so dumbbells or shopping bags again, 
bring the arms out um, from the side very slightly, maybe um, 20 or 30 centimeters from the side, and then just simply shrug your shoulders up towards your ears. Hold for a couple of seconds and then just gently allowing the muscles to lengthen out, bring your shoulders back down to neutral. Repeating that eight to 12 times, a couple of times a day. The key thing though, is to make sure that your posture is good while you're doing it. So the chin remains tucked in, try and grow tall. Imagine that sort of string coming out the top of your head and you're gonna pull it up nice and straight and pull the spine up nice and straight. And I found that really helpful for those people who've got that real persistent tightness around the neck and just need a new stimulus to create some mobility around, um, around the area really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's plenty of scientific evidence behind um, eccentric training, improving flexibility. Uh, so if you, if you find that stretch and stretch and stretch and you don't get any more flexible, try a bit of eccentric training. It may just be that imbalance and, and issue with muscle groups. Um, so Liam, you, talk, you spoke about sort of eccentrically uh, loading the traps uh, through shrugs. How long would you advise someone to take from the upper limit where their shoulders are towards their ears? How long would you allow them to slowly control back down into a, a resting position? Would you give them a counting sort of time, three would, seconds, four seconds? I would probably seconds. generally start around, around the four to five second um, yep. stage. It's not the biggest movement in the world. So it, it doesn't have to go on too much longer than that. Um, if I'm completely honest, I normally tell people to do about six to eight seconds because I know that actually when they get home, it's probably going to be more like four or five because everyone tends to rush it. It's a bit like if I ask people to do exercises five times a day, it's because I actually expect them to do them two or three times um, because I know that life's busy and they probably won't do as many as I ask, giving away all my tricks now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, something like that, four or five seconds to really kind of lower that, that shoulder girdle down yeah. to create that pulling effect um, that we that we want on the uh, on the muscle fibers themselves perfect and i'll probably jump in there and say obviously at the moment um lockdowns in place gyms aren't open so if you're at home and you want to start um making a proactive sort of attempt at releasing the pressures in your neck if you do struggle with neck pain and, and the, the tightness in the in the neck muscles the trapezius then if you have a theraband a lot of people have resistance bands um that they're using for training then maybe um either standing or laying Laying is really good if you're struggling to engage those deep neck flexors. Um, it just takes a bit of the gravity away from it. But essentially stand on that band and have the band in each hand. Um, so you're standing on the center of the band and shrug up and then allow the band to, to pull you down, but you're just controlling it like you would with weights. Or again, doing the same when you're lying on your back. Um, lying on the back I find is particularly good if you're not sure, if you don't feel like you've got great body awareness because it allows you to really ground your shoulder blades, um, your hips, the back of your neck or back of your head, should I say, against the floor so you can really have that that sensory feedback of, of being in, in a better position than maybe a very much a slouched chinge up position even though you think that you're doing it right. Um, yeah, it's, it, position is crucial here and, and we've all been there where you think you're doing an exercise right and if you've had a coach or a PT or a friend just very much alter your technique ever so slightly it can make the world a difference and it's exactly the same as this uh, deep neck flexors in this instance are very very small muscles um, so a, a tiny movement will make a huge difference and it doesn't matter even on the bigger muscles working them in in uh, in their range of movement in their positions is, is key for optimal success rate i think um i think that's really really important i think the other way that we we need to look at these sorts of problems so when someone does present with with neck pain is that once we've got a good 
um, ability to contract the right muscle groups and, and everything's improving is that we actually don't forget that functionally very rarely is our head in one static position and if we always look to stretch and strengthen just standing still or sitting or lying down um, we probably don't help these people during their day-to-day -day function and during their sporting activities um, so later down the line in someone's rehab um, John, let me know if you do anything differently, but we look to get people into a functional position. So if somebody is, say, um, an overhead athlete, maybe they play tennis, um, and after playing they get stiff and tight through those areas, I think it's important that we look at the position that somebody gets themselves in and then work on those muscles and maybe strengthen those deeper neck muscles when they have got their arm over their head because that exactly replicates what a person is doing. And um, I think this is so important around the neck because of how strong those ligaments are deep down in the neck. We need those to provide that stability and that proprioception, um, as John mentioned. If, if they're not functioning in the right way because maybe somebody with a neck problem hasn't rehabilitated properly, it can lead to all sorts of problems, um, dizziness, even some vertigos can come from from this being a problematic area. So definitely strengthening up and, and allowing your neck to do its job properly again um, is really, really vital for long-term management. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't agree more, um, especially late stage rehab within, within anything. Um, and it kind of very, very quickly, I sort of dive into non-specific neck pain um, and a little bit of research base because you've kind of mentioned strength there and, and the lack of strengthening in the right positions and the right stage um, affecting rehab. Um, which is so true. I mean, non-specific neck pain um, has a postural mechanical basis, affects two-thirds of people, especially those who are middle-aged. And there's a lot of scientific studies that show that acute neck pain um, can resolve within a couple of days or weeks, but in 10% of people becomes very chronic, so longer lasting. Um, and with this in mind, I reference whiplash. We get a lot of whiplash through the, injury, uh, through the clinic. And as soon as you say whiplash, think, people think car crash. Um, but actually, it's so common in sporting accidents. You think it's essentially um, acceleration, like a rapid acceleration, and then a, a dramatic, quick deceleration of the neck. Um, so that happens in a lot of contact sports, um, whether it's martial arts, rugby, football, with a bad challenge, even, even along non-contact sports with professional dance, the way they move their body. Um, and this can cause quite a lot of problems within the neck. So initially you might get a very stiff, tight, tender neck. Um, and the majority of people, what they do is they sort of ibuprofenize it a little bit, stretch it off, and eventually that pain may disperse. Um, but actually in 40% of people with reported whiplash symptoms, um, they still have symptoms 15 years after the injury. And further scientific studies show, sorry, loads of, loads of stats coming at you, but a massive 70% of people continue to experience that pain because of weakness and lack of specific rehabilitation within the neck. Um, and, and it kind of pings straight back into what you were just saying, Ian, with regards to it's so important to strengthen those ligaments and strengthen all the, all the deeper neck muscles, the core structure, as well as the functional ability of um, the shoulders, the neck, the chest, the, the, the scapula, the shoulder blades behind as well to enable um, optimal function and, and recovery. Because if we're not strengthening the injury and we're just stretching, it's always gonna be symptomatic. Um, and as soon as you maybe uh, do a certain movement that um, uh, 
antagonizes it. Um, if you train a little bit too hard or go for that extra rep, whichever it may be, if you're taking that um, structural component above its load capacity, that's where the injury happens. So it's really important that we build up something called low capacity within every structure of the body, especially post-injury. Definitely, definitely. I think that's probably the key thing in how both of us work is that we rehabilitate, try and get things functionally exactly where they should be. And nine times out of 10, things things calm right down and, and are completely asymptomatic and not a problem yeah. in the future, really. Um, just kind of mindful of, of time, really, John. I think yep. we probably covered the uh, the the key things that, that people have asked for, but maybe if we both kind of give a quick couple of self-help points to people, um, if you want to do two and I'll do two. Definitely. I mean, initially, let's look at if you are in pain, if you're struggling with migraines uh, and you're feeling like the neck is super tight, like we said, create that window of opportunity and look to release it a little bit. So a few neck stretches, um, like Liam said, we'll we throw some up on, on social media. Um, but just stand there in good posture, squeeze the shoulder blades together, um, and maybe hold, if you're sitting down in a chair, hold the sides of your chair so your shoulders can't shrug up. And from that position, draw the chin in towards your chest and take, let's say, the right ear towards the right shoulder. So you're still looking forward, so laterally flexing the neck. Hold that for sort of 20, 30 seconds. Bring it back to normal, and then go into the opposing direction, so left ear to left shoulder. And really feel a stretch down the side of your neck. Within that same position, you can actually um, laterally flex like we just did, and then just rotate your chin towards your armpit. So we're diagonally looking down over the right shoulder, and that's just going to change the stretch into a little bit more of the, the, the trapezius, scalenes, and a little bit levator scapulum towards the back of the neck. There's a couple of stretches there. If you have a tennis ball, tennis balls are really good. You can lay on the floor on your back and pop a tennis ball in and around the, the body of the trapezius, the back of the neck muscle, making sure you're avoiding any of the, the bony points. Um, whilst you're laying there, just keeping your arm straight down the side of you, bring the arm that's on the same side as the tennis ball in the trapezius straight up and over your head. Now, if you feel like it, it's restricted, your arm's restricted because of a pressure underneath your tennis ball, gently move in and out of that restriction zone. And that is a way of self-releasing trigger points as such and soft tissue within that trapezius. If you don't feel it so much, then bring your feet flat to the floor like um, you're in a sit-up position and then bridge up. So you're driving through your heels, driving the hips up off the floor and that creates a better body weight um, portion down into that tennis ball and do exactly the same. Um, lastly, I'd say um, a quick one for the chest is either door frame uh, stretch, whereby um, you bring both your arms out to one side like You've been asked to put your hands in the air by the police. Not that's ever happened, but um, you, you then pop your elbows on <laughs> elbows on the sides of the doors and try and step your chest through the door so your hands are in an upright position against the door frame. So it's a really nice stretch, um, and you can also do exactly the same with the tennis ball. Popping the tennis ball just below um, your clavicle, so the, the the bone that runs in through from the sternum, the centre of the chest out towards the shoulder, just underneath that. And essentially, if you want to lay on the floor or against the wall and have that tennis ball into that position, just gently roll left to right, up and down, just release a bit of the, the releasing the structures around it. Um, Liam, maybe you could throw out a couple of top tips for the for strength. I know we covered eccentric, so it's definite yeah, one. Definitely. Um, so definitely strengthening for around the neck area itself, the chin tuck, 
is a go-to to start with, whether that's lying on the floor, whether that's uh, sitting in the chair um, or standing. So again, nice, nice tall position. Uh, pull the chin, chin inward, so you're sliding your head back on your neck and really trying to elongate the spine. Um, the other thing that I would do for strengthening is to, to look to strengthen the middle trapezius. Um, and a nice way to do this, really simple, lay flat on the floor, face down, um, arms by your side, palms facing up, and just gently lift your arms up off the floor, um, sort of 10, 15 centimeters. While you're doing that, try and squeeze the shoulder blades together. And that squeezing will kind of activate the mid uh, part of your rhomboids and your middle trapezius muscle. Don't allow your head to lift up. So we're just looking at the, uh, the shoulder blades moving there. Nice. Uh, Two other tips, especially important for right now. So most of us are working from home because of the uh, lockdown. So number one, adjust your screen height. Now that could be that you put your laptop on um, a couple of books so it's a bit higher. Obviously you may want to get a separate keyboard so that you're not then reaching up, but that's really important so you're not staring straight down at your laptop because that will just increase all of that tension around your neck. And the other thing that I pull people up on is the phone. So a lot of people will just stick their phone under their ear and be there for an hour in that position with their, with their shoulder shrugged up towards their ear. You can see exactly how that is gonna get painful. So either pop the phone on speaker or stick your headphones in, really, really handy just to reduce that down. Um, one of my clients the other week done something really imaginative and stuck their laptop on the uh, ironing board and lifted it up so it was at the right height for them. I mean, you don't have to get that extreme, but just make sure your setup is as good as possible. And if you do want any help with sort of little tips like that around how you can change your desk setup, then um, get in contact with one of us because we're, we're, yeah. we're uh, happy to help just to give those little uh, tips and advice, really. Definitely. Um, one other last little tip to finish on um, for those who are having to work from home, um, going off the back of what you just mentioned, Ian, is grab a bath towel, not a huge bath sheet, but a decent sized bath towel. Um, and basically fold it lengthways a couple of times. So the width of the bath towel is now, let's say sort of 20 centimeters, 15, 20 centimeters wide, and then fold it lengthways over on itself. Um, so you have this nice rectangular um, length of bath towel. Um, essentially from this lengthened rectangular position, bit of origami for you, just fold it in the middle 90 degrees. So it almost looks like a folded V shape. Pop the V shape to the front of the seat, so the two tails are at the back of the seat, and then sit down. And basically that is gonna really help set the pelvis into a lovely position. So it's not in a, in a poor position to start with. And it just promotes a little bit of body awareness as to how you're sitting on through your sit bones, positioning your pelvis that's gonna basically allow the spinal column to stack a little bit more um, correctly, taking a bit of the pressure off your shoulders. Um, I might throw a quick video out on the Instagram page, just a, a tutorial how to do that. But that's, that's Can you really make a swan and leave it on the bed and something? Yeah, that's it. Hotel. Like you're on holiday again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Brilliant. So um, I think that is a perfect spot to sort of wrap this episode up. Um, essentially, guys, I don't think we mentioned at the beginning, but we are going to continue our um, pain uncovered through different sections of the body, moving into specific injuries, both sporting and not. So the next one we're going to do is going to target the thoracic, so the mid spine, um, and moving into shoulder dysfunction and the, and the scapula and how the shoulder blades hugely affect um, movement discrepancies, dysfunctions, pain and restriction in the shoulders. And it does very cl much closely link to um, upper cross syndrome that Ian mentioned earlier. So we looked to uncover the thoracic spine, mid back a little bit more. 
Brilliant. Well, thanks for listening, guys. If you've lasted uh, this long, then uh, thanks very much. Well done. <laughs> and uh, we're, uh, you'll hear from us all in, in the next few weeks. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, guys. Stay safe. See you soon.